Greetings, detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. For breakfast, I had an orange I'd nicked from the police sergeant's desk, and I shaved in icy cold well water, wrapped Jaime's model in my spare singlet, and walked to the next village. I felt about as secret as the weather forecast. But I got lucky. The only police car I saw was filled with snoring constabulary earning their exorbitant overtime pay. I made it unhindered to Petula's. She is an amateur potter who lives with a mad Spanish poet, it took me two hours and four expensive IOUs to wheedle her into submission. She said finally, Will you pay for materials, the kiln firings, and the auctioneers? I hate them. This is my favorite grumble. Auctioneers still charge 20% commission, even after the Christie's and Sotheby's goons were involved in that price dice scandal. Yes or no? Petula gave me her seductive smile, a really unscrupulous manipulation, because she is 
gorgeous even when covered in clay. Agreed. Lo, Petula's bloke is a morose monosyllable. It resembles a mattress coming unstuffed and loathes everybody except people who admire his motor car. This petrol-crazed monster is responsible for global warming. A 1962 Grand Prix Pontiac, whatever that means. It looks like a stray spaceship. Car enthusiasts give antiques a bad name, I tell all my friends. But I don't tell Lowe. Isn't he marvellous? Petula kept saying as we got started on the Parianware fake of Jaime's mocked-up Lady Sophia. I chose Parianware because Jaime had welshed on me and time was now short. No, he's balmy. I was already up to my elbows in heavy Parian clay. Low is short for Loco, his nickname. Imagine, I said dryly, then got on with making the easiest forgery on earth. Tip! Try this at home and make a fortune. There are two kinds of Parian ware. Sculptors, all being highly deranged, had terrific rows in the 1840s about its discovery. John Mountford of the Minton firm claimed to be the inventor. But the great Copeland firm of Stoke-on-Trent is my bet. There Thomas Madam did those groundbreaking experiments. Every antiques dealer on earth is hunting for the first Parian ware miniature ever created. It's John Gibson's beautiful Narcissus sculpture. Find it and you can name your price. I use the first Copeland Garrett recipe. Purists, Petula being one, sulk about this because it creates only soft-paste statuary parian. It uses glass frit, those bits you shove into the clay to strengthen kiln-fired biscuit ware. If you want to forge a porcelain fake of, say, the expensive Bennington parians made in America during the later Victorian days, then you leave out the frit and use tons more feldspar. That glassy frit won't conceal the ivory tint, Lovejoy, Petula groused. Too much iron silicate. You want Swedish feldspar, stupid? I always try to humor women. I know, Pat. That's Petula, you ignorant swine. She flounced off. See? The sulks. Large parianware pieces need to be made in molds. You need small parts and join them up afterwards. For small pieces, any rubber molding kit will do. I've seen a miniature Benjamin Franklin bust, less than eight inches tall, made with a child's kit, convince all our dealers it was a genuine 1875 Trenton, New Jersey creation. New forgers, keen to start their careers, are too impatient. Parianware is weak and wants to collapse in the firing. The trick is to use slip, runny clay, to stick it together. Complete drying is vital. Uh, support rods use my valuable calcined flint, Lovejoy. It's expensive, Petula grumbled as I inserted a rod into one of the busts. You can get dust-free flint from Grimes Graves. She went even sulkier. You've been here five old days, Lovejoy, and I'm sick of you, etc., etc., you're crazy about me, pet. Flounce, slam. I sighed and got on. A prolonged dry, two days in the low-heat kiln, then lastly a high-temp firing in a sand-filled saga. Done right, Parian statuary carries exquisite detail, so essential for the lady's features and hair. Forging antiques is 
bliss. It calms the soul. I made as many Lady Sophia miniatures as I had clay for. I occasionally wondered how Elisha was, having a compassionate side to my nature. Luckily, Petula kept a well-stocked fridge. Even though a grub's gone spicy Spanish since she got low, I ate well at Petula's but was glad when it was over. Lowe's constant prattle about motor cars was making me suicidal. Either that or his reading me poems in Spanish I didn't understand. Looking at my three rows of Parian replicas, I felt like lighting a candle in thanks. They were honestly the best forgeries I'd ever done. One had a blemish, but beggars can't, can they? I healed it with Lowe's welding torch. Petula was disgusted. That is repellent, Lovejoy. No true sculptor ever resorts to tricks like that, etc. They looked perfect, each in a cardboard box, the lot of them laid out on an old orange tray. Worn out but exhilarated, I persuaded Jacko to give me a lift home in his coal lorry. Miniature Victorian Parian repros have held their auction prices for two decades, which is more than you can say for Anglo-Saxon hammered silver coins or Impressionist landscapes. Why, I thought, as I alighted, even modern Vetriano paintings have wobbled lately. Here, Jacko, take this to Jeannie, please. She'll pay you. I gave him one of my boxed replicas. You're sure? he asked suspiciously. Honest, I said. Say it's for Lorelei's charity. You'd best be telling the truth, boy. Sometimes I get weary of people's mistrust. I work my fingers to the bone and everybody grumbles. Is that unfair or what? As I walked to the cottage, Elisha leapt out of the weeds, fists swinging. About time, you traitor! I screeched, mind my antiques, and tried to run, but ended up having to take the blows, hunching over the precious parians I'd laboured so long to create. Finally, she slowed. Sam's your right! <laughs> Jacko called over the noise of his receding lorry, cackling with laughter. Trapped by the edge, I faced her. I honestly wonder what gets into people. One day I'll declare independence and the world can manage on its own. Serve it right. I said innocently, I was so worried about you. I kept phoning. Her face looked like a sleet storm. They let me out on police bail a week ago. I've hunted you high and low. Ah, I've been slaving to stop that fraud. I smiled my most endearing smile. It never works. Honestly? Promise, I said, most sincerely. We made up soon after, and I took her for a nosh at the White Hart where I told her my revised plan. She was thrilled and apologized for getting mad. Graciously, I let her pay for the meal to show true forgiveness. That night... I spoke to a few Midland dealers, using her cell phone while she was asleep. My own telephone line had been cut off by heartless fascist engineers who alleged non-payment. I needed as many antiques traders as possible so dear Lorelei would get a comeuppance. It would be ugly. Nothing is nastier than a mob of dealers tricked out of a fortune. I should know. I see such mobs all the time. Lovejoy? Elisha opened a bleary eye. Did you use my cell phone? Bored at Lish. Was asking after poor sick Uncle Charlie. I listened. 
Nine cars, Lovejoy. Pay me in the morning. Not as tired as all that, then, I said sharply, and got back in. Budge over. She'd pinched my warm patch. Women have no scruples. Life is just one long struggle against oppression. The day of the charity sale. Slogan, come and make a fortune for yourself and a million for the children's auspice. Dawned brightly. The Castle Park meadow was beautiful. The sun pleasant, the greensward lush, the boating pond translucent. Crowds thronged early along the oxbow curve of the ancient river. The castle show marquees were decorated with banners and gonfalons, and guilds of ladies were ferrying displays and flowers. In an hour, I reckoned, it would be impossible to get in, or more importantly, out. Morris dancers, our villagers ring among them, gambled to the sound of William bagpipes, the soft plaint of elbow pipes so much mellower than any other. Carefully I carried my tray of parians to the largest marquee. George, my least favorite plod, was in full fig under his glistening helmet. I was pleased to see he was already sweating. Good day, constable. On duty, George. I could do with a pint, Lovejoy. Tut, tut, constable. No drinking on duty. Only yards away, the beer tent was being set up by enthusiasts, crates of bottles chinking. Where do you taken that tray, Lovejoy? For the charity sale. I acted surprised. This is it, right? Not to you, lad. He barred my way. Inside, I could see volunteers setting out seats. Why not? But a dealer's already inside. George smirked at his triumph. Lorelei told me to keep out anybody with a criminal record, Lovejoy. That means you. Only innocence, eh? I retreated. Seeing you're on first names with the lady, can you ask if I might take a pitch outside instead? What for? Don't be so suspicious, George. I've made a few trinkets, just to give away. Very well, Lovejoy, he added wistfully. Fine lady. Wish she was staying hereabouts. Leaving, is she? Once the sale's done, I've to guard her. He was so proud, poor bloke. I almost felt sorry for what was going to happen. The newspapers and TV will be here. May is coming. Splendid, I said, sounding like a squire doing his rounds. What time is her antique sale? Finishes at noon, Lovejoy. Seen that bust? They found a little one of it, too. Life's one big surprise, eh, George? I said, and went to sit by the Ladies' Guild's cake and pie stall out. I live in hopes. There's always a fair amount of lovely grub damaged in transit, and I hate waste. Also, Alicia never cooks any breakfast. She blames me, saying there's never any food in the cottage. Whose fault is that? Women, I've learned, lack logic. It was a record year, the attendance greater than anyone had expected. Lorelei made a smashing entrance, two heralds popping trumpets to signal her arrival. She was in a shimmering dress that made all the women gasp. She made a sumptuous show, all right. Three muscly minders in suits stretched at the stitches guarded her, each eyeing the crowd for an impending assault. 
dealers thronged into the auction tent. Gimbert himself was to be the auctioneer. Gimbert, a stout florid geezer polluting the entire district with his fuming cigar, began by announcing over the tannoy that he would donate his auctioneer's commission to charity. He'd add phony applause dubbed onto the soundtrack. A giant screen allowed us excluded hoi polloi to see and admire. Such a mob of innocence today, I thought, listening contentedly to the proceedings while holding my tray of little boxes, each containing a miniature parian replica of Lady Sophia. Lorelei, she'd promoted herself to the right honourable for today's scam, made an emotional appeal for dealers to bid as highly as possible and to pay either in cash or buy an irrevocable credit card. My own auction clerks are on hand, she cooed, to verify payment. Please note that the total proceeds, the total proceeds, will be handed to the mayor. I was so moved, seated on the grass waiting for the sorry farce to end, that I almost filled up. It's a pleasure, though, to listen to a fraudster at work. Credit where credit is due, right? The tannoy was switched off when the auction began. I ambled to and from the ladies' guild tents, because you can never tell when the next killer jewels will come. I kept an eye on the marquee entrance. I didn't want any dealers wandering off. Most would wait for the big finish, scenting a fortune. Rumors of money spread like moorland fires. Lorelei, clever lass, had listed the bust and the miniature parian copy I'd sent to Jeannie as the last items. All auctioneers keep the best wine for last. Even Sotheby's. Auctioneers trying to be gentlemen, as dealers say of that lot, and Christie's, gentlemen trying to be auctioneers. A somber mood settled on me as the auction got underway. Poor old George was still on duty. I fervently hoped he was fitter than he looked. I was so excited I almost nodded off. Finally, the last item came up. I only managed to catch the scatter of applause and the dealer's murmurs of dismay as the precious items were snatched up by undeserving rivals. I got up and stretched as the tannoy transmission resumed, first the mayor bumbling his thanks, then Lorelei saying that charity was our solemn duty. I was at the exit when the Marquis disgorged the dejected dealers. Watcher, tanker! I picked out a massive Yorkshireman who was first out. Here's a gift. In preparation, I'd unboxed all my Parian replicates. Did you see how much that marble bust went for, Lovejoy? Tanker demanded. I've come all this way and... He eyed the replica. What's this? Just a copy, Tanker. Chinese import, I'd say. Other dealers tried to leave. Smiling, I handed out a few more. They're free, I chirped. No value. What is this, love, Joy? Tanker growled. For your kids, I said with my most sincere beam. No passing them off as genuine Benjamin Shevertons, okay? Some pressed forward, holding their hands out. No shoving, lads, I complained loudly. They cost me nothing. I didn't think anyone would be interested. Who made these, love, Joy? Tanker gripped me by the throat and raised me from the ground. The dealers grabbed for the scattered replicates. Imported, Tanker, I gasped. 
penny a ton. His friends called out and he let me down. Arguments began. People started looking over at us, and anxious parents reached for wandering tots. George headed over, trying to look confident. One dealer had the sense to turn a replica upside down and read the signature. It looks like genuine Parian. See the name? I said, pointing. The name's spelled wrong. Sir John Steele's name has a double L. Everybody knows that. It's a giveaway. The mutters rose to a hubbub. I ducked and moved away as the dealers thrust their way back inside the marquee. Tired, I left the last replicate on the grass. Let some Ph.D. digging through the volcanic ash of our pathetic civilization try to figure out how it got there. In the beer tent, crowds of Morrismen were busy restoring their fluid intake while being deafened by the brawl coming over the intercom. "'What's going on in that auction, love, Joy?' one asked. "'A riot?' "'Typical. But one day you want everything peaceful, eh? What started it?' "'Heaven knows. Time somebody called the police. George will never cope. Mm. "'Want a drink, love, Joy?' "'Tarted. Just the one.' Our town's finest showed up after a slight delay. They'd been at the cricket match. Old towns like ours have certain inbuilt priorities. Lorelei was arrested before a gaggle of TV cameras and photographers. Jeannie tried calling out to me for help as she went into the Black Mariah, but I didn't notice. I was safe. All in all, an enjoyable day. That evening I was sent for by the mayor. I was calm because I'd done nothing wrong. He was at his desk with four serfs standing about. Anxiety ruled, so I brightened. Authority and distress always bodes well. Yes, sir. I went into groveling mode. Lovejoy, I believe you know something about the fakes that caused the riot. Replicates, not fakes, I shrugged. I contributed some small copies to give away, I put in piously, not wanting profit. Charity, after all. Right. He looked away. The serfs exchanged glances. Look, Lovejoy, the town council is suffering from all this media attention. The whole auction was declared void and all the money was returned. The antiques are all in police custody. I need the whole mess cleared up. It looks very bad for... Um, for you, sir, I said. Politically. He cleared his throat. Well, yes. Silence spread over the world. I saw that the silence was good, and let it spread some more. Lovejoy, if some divvy like you, who can tell forgeries from genuine antiques, offered help, I should be truly grateful. He gave me a smarmy smile. And I mean that most sincerely. I nearly told him that was my line, but instead I said, I'd like to help, sir, but I've too much work on this week. I'm sure that a small ex-gratia payment could be arranged. How small? I asked. I love moments like this, when my natural gift for divvying earns its keep. Then the world imploded and my smile froze as Elisha's voice said, You'll do it for free, sir. I gaped, stunned. 
she was there, fresh as a daisy. Lovejoy's fee can go to the children's hospice, sir. That's it, the serfs relaxed. The mayor came round the desk to bus Alicia. Perfect. Then he smiled and added, You shall be awarded a mayoral medal of distinction, my dear. What about the profit on those antiques after I sought out the forgeries from the genuine articles, I asked. My life shattered. It can go to the charity, too, Alicia said sweetly. I was sick of her being sweet all the time. Like I intended all along, I said, trying to look worthy of a medal. Good, good. The mayor and his serfs left then, chatting amiably. They didn't even glance my way. Your turn to pay for supper, Lovejoy. Alicia linked her arm with mine. To celebrate. Great, I said gloomily. Any chance of a small loan? We left. It's the sincere people who come off worse, I often find. One day I must stop myself doing so much good. I honestly think I'd be the better for it. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM, C-A-L-M, for $20 off your own murder mystery party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.